So we'll be discussing about anticoagulation in COVID-19 patients and we'll be talking about prevention of venous and arterial thrombosis in patients who develop COVID-19. We'll not be talking about treatment of venous and arterial thrombosis in patients who develop uh, who have got COVID-19. We'll only be talking about prevention. So we need to know why do we need to anticoagulate these patients? When to anticoagulate these patients? How to anticoagulate these patients? How much to anticoagulate these patients? How long to anticoagulate these patients? And we shouldn't be knowing uh, about special scenarios like pregnancy and lactation as well as pediatric population. So why anticoagulate? Reports have shown that both arterial as well as venous thromboembolism is more common in patients with COVID-19. Excessive inflammation, platelet activation, endothelial dysfunction and stasis underlie these increased arterial as well as venous thrombosis in patients with COVID-19. COVID-19 potentiates all the three components of Virchow's triad which include endothelial injury, hypercoagulability and stasis. Endothelial injury is caused by activation of complement system by classical pathway or the alternate pathway or it can also be caused by interleukin 6 and neutrophil extracellular traps. So this neutrophil extracellular traps are produced from dead and dying neutrophils which are present in prothrombotic conditions. Uh, where from this interleukin comes? So what happens in COVID-19, there is systemic inflammatory state because of the cytokine storm and this causes the activation of helper T cells leading to the formation of interleukin 6 and GMCSF. So this GMCSF in turn potentiates the production of more pro-inflammatory cytokines such as interleukin 1, TNF-alpha and interleukin 6. This interleukin 6 can cause endothelial injury. There have been some authors which have said that virus can directly cause endothelial injury. Hypercoagulability. Mechanism underlying hypercoagulability has not been fully understood, but it has been seen that it is because of increased levels of factor VIII, increased levels of fibrinogen, increased levels of neutrophil extracellular traps, and increased circulatory prothrombotic microparticles as and stasis is caused by the immobilization which we see in sicker patients of uh, COVID-19. So when to anticoagulate? So it is been said in various guidelines that hospitalized non-pregnant adult patients with COVID-19 should receive prophylactic dose anticoagulation. We'll talk about what this prophylactic dose is later on. There are recommendations by various uh, guidelines societies such as chess guidelines also say this American Society of Hematology also says this as well as NIH guidelines also says this that patients should receive prophylactic intensity anticoagulation and this should be preferred over intermediate intensity or therapeutic intensity anticoagulation. So who are the patients who are supposed to receive this anticoagulation? These are COVID-19 related patients with critical illness or COVID-19 related patients with acute illness. So what do we mean by COVID-19 related critical illness? 
these are the patients who have got immediately life-threatening conditions that would require admission to an ICU such as patients requiring ventilatory support, hemodynamic support or renal replacement therapy. And who are the patients who have got COVID-19 related acute illness? These are the patients which will typically be admitted in a medicine ward. And these are the patients with dyspnea and mild to moderate hypoxia. So these are the two varieties of patients which are supposed to receive anticoagulation. I'll repeat it once again, COVID-19 related acute illness and COVID-19 related critical illness. These are the two subset of patients who are supposed to receive anticoagulation. So these are again international guidelines uh, given by International Society of Thrombosis and uh, Hemostasis. The, they put it straightforward that venous thromboembolism prophylaxis and sick hospitalized patients. So we are supposed to uh, give thromboprophylaxis to the patients who are admitted in ICU and how are we supposed to do it? We are supposed to give routine anticoagulation with standard dose unfractionated heparin or low molecular weight heparin. So intermediate dose that is slightly higher dose of low molecular weight heparin may be considered in patients who are at higher risk. And this VTE prophylaxis can be modified based on body weight of the patient. That is if the patient is obese, requirement of the thromboprophylaxis is relatively higher or presence of thrombocytopenia. If the patient has got HIC, that is heparin induced thrombocytopenia, there is less likelihood that we'll be using unfractionated heparin or deteriorating KFT. If the patient has got deteriorating KFT, creatinine is on the higher side, it is unlikely that we'll be using full strength low molecular weight heparin. Similarly, for the non-ICU hospitalized patient also, International Society of Thrombosis and Hemostasis has given uh, recommendations that routine anticoagulation should be given with standard dose unfractionated heparin or low molecular weight heparin where low molecular weight heparin will be the preferred agent. Intermediate low molecular weight heparin that is slightly higher dose may be considered for patients who are at relatively high risk of venous thromboembolism. Venous thromboembolism, again, this is, this is repetition of what we have seen before. This can be modified on the basis of body weight, presence of heparin-induced thrombocytopenia or deteriorating KFT. So what do we do about those COVID-19 patients who are not hospitalized, who are not candidate for admission in medicine ICU or uh, medicine wards? So anticoagulation and antiplatelet therapy should not be initiated in these patients unless the patient is participating in a clinical trial or the patient has another indication for this therapy. For the sole purpose of prevention of venous thromboembolism, we are not supposed to start antiplatelets and anticoagulants for the patients who are not candidates for hospitalization. So how to anticoagulate? So these are the two subset of patients, critically ill and acutely ill. These patients will receive anticoagulation. How to anticoagulate? We are supposed to give prophylactic intensity anticoagulation and this is supposed to be preferred over intermediate and therapeutic intensity anticoagulation. So what is prophylactic dose anticoagulation? When we say prophylactic dose anticoagulation, I mean uh, or we intend to say that this is uh, this is about epixaban 2.5 milligrams twice a day or 
debigartan 220 milligrams once a day or enoxaparin in a patient with normal body weight and normal kft 40 units subcutaneously once a day sorry 40 milligrams subcutaneously once a day or fundaparinux 2.5 milligrams subcutaneously once a day or unfractionated heparin 5000 uh, units subcutaneously twice a day to thrice a day or rivaroxaban 10 milligrams once a day what do you mean by therapeutic intensity anticoagulation therapeutic anti intensity anticoagulation implies the dose of apixaban is 5 milligrams bd full dose the dose of debigartan in a patient with normal creatinine clearance is 150 milligrams bd and the dose of enoxaparin in a patient with normal body weight and normal kft is 60 milligrams 60 milligrams bd twice a day the dose of fundaparinux in patient with normal body weight and normal kidney functions is 7.5 milligrams subcutaneously once a day and intermediate dose lies between these two therapeutic uh, these two treatment intensities that is enoxaparin Uh, in the dose of 30 mg bd for a patient who has got normal body weight or unfractionated heparin in the, in the dose of 7500 units subcutaneously tds or thrice a day so who are the patients who are supposed to receive therapeutic dose of anticoagulation that is that higher dose of anticoagulants that they talk about when imaging is not possible in the patients who have got incident thromboembolic events or who are suspected to have thromboembolic events these are the patients who will receive therapeutic dose of anticoagulation or when we cannot establish that the vt is occurred but there is deteriorating pulmonary status or ards we are supposed to give therapeutic dose of anticoagulation how long to anticoagulate so ideal ideal scenario is the patient should receive anticoagulation as long as the patient is admitted in the hospital this was recommended by the chess guidelines that only in patient anticoagulation is recommended and extended thromboprophylaxis may not be desirable in all patients this has been this this has been resonated in the other guidelines also that extended post discharge thromboprophylaxis should be offered to covid-19 patients with higher venous thromboembolism risk and in these patients duration of thromboprophylaxis can be from 14 days to up to 30 days how long to anticoagulant then again hospitalized patients should not be discharged on vte prophylaxis and extended vte prophylaxis should be offered to those patients only who have got higher risk of vte as well as low risk of bleeding how are we supposed to anticoagulate these patients how are we supposed to give extended vte prophylaxis so there are two uh, guidelines which state that one states that rivaroxaban 10 in the dose of 10 mg can be offered for up to a period of 39 days and the other guideline states that extended duration thromboprophylaxis for 4 weeks can be given by prophylactic dose low molecular weight heparin or a dovac so these are the two guidelines which state that uh, either rivaroxaban can be used or enoxaparin can be used for anticoagulation uh, in the extended vt prophylaxis so who are these candidates who are supposed to receive extended duration thromboprophylaxis so these are the patients who have got key vt risk factors such as advanced age or history of stay in the icu active malignancy 
prior history of venous thrombomembolism, thrombophilia, severe immobility, elevated D-dimers, and there is a score, improved VT score. The score of four or more implies that the patient has got high VT risk. Extended uh, duration thromboprophylaxis can be offered to the patients who have got modified improved VT score of more than equal to four or modified VT score more than equal to two and D-dimer levels more than two times the upper limit of normal. So these are the two uh, criteria for offering the patients extended duration thromboprophylaxis. Let's have a look at improved VT score. So improved VT score predicts the three months risk of venous thromboembolism in hospitalized patient. And it includes the following parameters. Previous VT, that is previous venous thromboembolism. If the history is present, we are supposed to give a score of three. Known thrombophilia. Known thrombophilia includes a congenital or acquired condition that can cause excessive risk of thrombosis, such as factor V laden mutation, lupus anticoagulant, factor C or factor S deficiency. If the patient is a known case of thrombophilia, we are supposed to give a score of two. Current lower limb paralysis. If the patient has got current lower limb paralysis, we are supposed to give a score of two. Current cancer, excluding non-melanoma skin cancer. If this uh, cancer is present, we are supposed to give a score of two. Immobilization for more than equal to seven days. If this is present, we are supposed to give a score of one. Stay in the ICU or the CCU. If this is present, we are supposed to give a score of one. Age more than 60 years. If this is present, then we are supposed to give a score of one. If the score is more than four, the patient has got high VT risk. Then there was this modified VT score, modified improved VT score. The only difference between these two is the duration of immobilization. In mod improved uh, VT score, we were giving a score of one when there was complete immobilization, when there was immobilization for more than equal to seven days. Whereas in modified improved VT score, we are giving VT score of one when there is complete immobilization for more than equal to one day. So how do we choose our anticoagulants? So we'll be talking about acutely ill patients first. Acutely ill patients are those who are supposed to be admitted in wards. So anticoagulation thromboprophylaxis is supposed to be given with LMWH or fondaparinux in preference over unfractionated heparin. So if we have a choice of between three agents, we are going to choose preferably LMWH or fondaparinux over unfractionated heparin. And anticoagulation thromboprophylaxis with low molecular heparin, fondaparinux or unfractionated heparin is going to be preferred over a DOAC. We are not going to use a DOAC in acutely ill patient. Now, choice of anticoagulant in a critically ill hospitalized patient. Critically ill hospitalized patient is one which is supposed to be admitted in an ICU. So in these patient, anticoagulation is supposed to be given with low molecular weight heparin or unfractionated heparin in preference over fondaparinux or a DOAC. And in between these two, low molecular heparin is supposed to be preferred over unfractionated heparin. So why, why not DOAX in these acutely ill and critically ill patients? Because number one, there is high likelihood of drug-drug interactions. New antivirals or new agents are coming up rapidly, which are supposed to be used in critically ill patients with DOAX, uh, critically ill patients with COVID-19, and we do not know 
what interactions the new drug will have with a DOAC. Then these patients are usually hemodynamically unstable and there is very high likelihood that these patients would have acute kidney injury. Also, heparin has got a shorter half-life as compared to DOVACs. Then uh, th there is less evidence for the anticoagulation thromboprophylaxis even in non-COVID uh, critical ill patients. So what do we do about patients who are lactating and are pregnant? So if anti-thrombotic therapy is prescribed during pregnancy, prior to the diagnosis of COVID-19, this anti-thrombotic therapy is supposed to be continued. For pregnant patients hospitalized with severe COVID-19, prophylactic dose anticoagulation is recommended unless it is contraindicated. Like for non-pregnant patients, VT prophylaxis after hospital discharge is not recommended. And it can be offered, extended VT prophylaxis can be offered to pregnant or postpartum patients on case-to-case -case basis. If the patient has got high VT risk, it can be offered. And how do we manage it during delivery? Just like we manage anticoagulation in other conditions, anticoagulation because of other conditions in labor and delivery, similar, similar to this only, we are supposed to give anticoagulation therapy in labor and delivery. And what about breastfeeding? So unfractionated heparin, low molecular weight heparin and warfarin, these do not accumulate in breast milk and do not induce anticoagulatory effect in newborn. So they can be used in breastfeeding individuals with or without COVID-19 who require VT prophylaxis or VT treatment. And use of DOAC during pregnancy is not recommended. This is because of lack of safety data. So what about mechanical thromboprophylaxis? So there is, uh, there is some discrepancy between the two guidelines. So one guideline says that uh, in First of all, mechanical thromboprophylaxis is supposed to be used only in patients who are sick, that is, they are critically ill. And uh, chest guidelines say that mechanical thromboprophylaxis should only be used when pharmacological thromboprophylaxis is contraindicated. Whereas, International Society of Thrombosis and Hemostasis, they state that mechanical thromboprophylaxis should be routinely used in critically ill patients as a part of multimodal thromboprophylaxis. So it's up to you which guidelines you follow. Then prevention of arterial thrombosis. Anticoagulant or antiplatelet therapy should not be used for prevention of arterial thrombosis for the patients who have got COVID-19. We are not supposed to prevent anticoagulation. We are not supposed to prevent arterial thrombosis by giving some anticoagulant or antiplatelets. And uh, what about role of antiplatelets? So in critically ill or acutely ill patients with COVID-19, the CHESS guidelines specifically state that there is no point in using antiplatelet drugs for prevention of venous thromboembolism in these patients. So these are the references. The PPT, the PowerPoint has been made from the uh, four guidelines, namely the ISH, International Society of Thrombosis and Hemostasis Guidelines, American Society of Hematology Guidelines, National Institute of Health Guidelines and CHESS Guidelines. The guidelines came in 2020 and 2021.